Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. Think about it, there must be higher love Down in the heart or hidden in the stars above Without it, life is wasted time Look inside your heart and I'll look inside mine Things look so bad everywhere In this whole world, what is fair? We walk blind and we try to see Falling behind in what could be Just hanging on, facing our fear and standing out there alone. A yearning, and it's real to me. There must be someone who's feeling for me.
Oh, where's that higher love I keep thinking of? Woo-wee. Bring me a higher love so I don't fall off the stage. Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. Thank you, Riley. Riley is part of here singing, uh, playing her trumpet. She and her sister are in the marching band at Michigan State, is it? Yep, Michigan State. So now we get to see her. That's awesome. I wish my son had kept going. I, was, I had come in and I heard somebody playing. I'm like, who's that? That's sweet. And I come in and it's Riley. That's awesome. Wow. Happy Easter. I always say Happy Resurrection Sunday, um, but I'll say Happy Easter today. Um, I uh, heard this cute little story about this guy who uh, was um, finishing up college, and he had worked really hard, and he went to his uh, dean and said, you know what? I work really hard, and I'm a, a, a minister, and I'm about to take over a church. I just need an easy, breezy class. I only need one more class. Can you recommend an easy, breezy class for me to take? And as Dean, he recommended this class that was dealing with birds, learning about birds. He said, and there's an older guy there. He probably would drop dead in a couple minutes because he's 100-something years old. But that's an easy class for you. So he was like, okay. So he took the class. He started the first week he was there, and the, the teacher dropped dead. So he was like, oh, my gosh. So then the next week, they got a new teacher to come in, and this teacher was new, and he, was, he wanted to make his, his name known, so he was going to make this a hard class. So he pulls down this slide, this uh, screen, and all it shows is these feet, these little leg, birds' legs and birds' feet. And he says, this is going to be the hardest class you've ever taken. I want you to name what bird this is, the classification of the bird, what nature it is, and all, everything that you know about this bird. And the guy was like, what is this? He got up and he started to storm out. Then he went up to the, the, the professor and said, I just want to tell you, this is the stupidest, stupidest uh, final exam, I mean, uh, exam I've ever seen in my life. How am I going to do that? He said, I'm canceling this class. So the guy was like, oh, well, okay. And then he started storming out. And so the professor said, but wait a minute, before you go, I need to know your name so I can write your name off the list. And he said, and pulled up his pants like, look, tell me, tell me the name. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was so cute. So... We have been talking about preparing ourselves for resurrection for today. And so when we start, last week we talked, it was Palm Sunday, of course, and that commemorates when Jesus rode in on the donkey into Jerusalem, uh, Jerusalem and uh, they threw the palms down in their, ja their jackets while he walked on the donkey on, on top of them. And then we talked, and last week, we talked about the, res the crucifying power of love. And we talked about how so last Sunday started off Holy Week, which commemorated the Last Supper on Thursday. Jesus said, eat, eat of this in remembrance of me, drink, eat this bread in remembrance of me, drink the wine in remembrance of me. 
And we also talked about how Friday was crucifixion, you know, the day he was crucified. And we talked about the power of the heart, the healing power of the heart to heal and crucify those areas of the personality that keep us from being fully self-expressed. And there was a, a distinguishment there between the self we're talking about. We are talking about the higher, the Christ self, which is interpreted by the capital S. And when you crucify all those areas in your lower self, which is identified by the lower case S, you are able, you are able to walk more fully into an expression of Christ. You're resurrected into the Christ. So we said that the way you do that crucify those parts of your consciousness that are blocking you from being fully expressed is one, to quiet yourself down. Be still and know. Just listen. Be still and know. And then number two was to listen deeply with the ears to hear to the still small voice that is talking to you because God is always whispering words of wisdom, always. Always. And then the third thing was to obey and follow what it is that you're being heard and guided to do. So this Sunday, of course, it's Resurrection Sunday, and it commemorates when Jesus was resurrected and walked out of the tomb. But I'm not going to talk about the resurrection today. That's usually what's spoken about on Sundays. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. As a matter of fact, it was when Lazarus passed, when Lazarus died, and Jesus waited four days. He waited until uh, Lazarus was kind of stinky before he came to do something about it. And when he was walking up into the city, Martha comes running, her, Lazarus' brother, and says, if you were here, my Lord, he would have lived. And that's when Jesus says to her, that in, and this is in the Gospel according to John, chapter 11, verse 25. And that's when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Today, I want to talk about living in a higher love. Living in a higher love. Now, when we think about what Jesus is saying, that he is the resurrection and the life, what he's meaning here is that when you follow his example, you will step into becoming a resurrected expression of the Christ inside. What happens is you already are the Christ, really. You really are. The Christ is already inside of you. The life of God is already inside of you, emanating, speaking to you. But we're so caught up in the hustle and bustle of the day. We're so caught up in those stories that keep going over and over in our mind, those tapes of not being good enough, those things of trying to set, uh, take care of our own situations, handle our own problems, that we don't hear it. We don't even see how awesome we are. You can wake up in the day and be all excited and gung-ho, and sometimes the slightest thing can knock you off your kilter. Cause some type of insecurity. I, I, I had that experience. I'm going to be real with you guys. I'm going to be real, real transparent today. 
A couple days ago, my niece sent a text to my brother about my sister, and this is a sister who passed away, right? It was a link to this article about this, um, this graduation at Grand Valley State. And actually, they were talking about this scholarship for my sister, in my sister's name, Cassandra Williams. They're doing a scholarship. And the students had raised, already raised $5,000. And when I read that, when I first saw it, it's a, picture, it's a picture of my sister, and she's going like this. She used to lead, she used to lead the leadership classes. And she's going like this, and she has on a shirt. And normally when I see her picture, I get sad. And I've been going through crucifying aspects of myself during this Linden season. I was jealous that even in death, she's outdoing me. <laughs> Seriously? You're my baby sister. You're supposed to take after me, not me run behind you. Seriously? And I was sitting there crying about it, boohooing. Thank you. How am I going to get a scholarship? I'm not going to get a scholarship. <laughs> I'm upset about this. And then I had to realize that that triggered a last part of me. It happened on Friday, which happened to be crucifixion day. That last part of me that was holding on to areas inside of me that felt insecure and still less than my sister. And I had to release those parts of myself and let them go, crucify them. Now, we talked about what crucify meant. Crucify means to take the power of it and deny the power of that. I deny the power of feeling insecure, even though my sister's dead. I deny the power of that. It is so enrooted in me that I had to really look at it deep. And I had to release it. So I released the power that that had over me. And I was talking to Howard, my fiance, and I was like, I should be sitting here missing my sister, and I'm sitting here jealous, and I gotta see, I gotta pull this out. God has me living this talk. I have to come with a higher love. God is telling me, bring me a higher love right now. That has been my song since the, we did our white stone ceremony in January, on January 1st. That has been my song, Higher Love. And I've been saying that to myself every time I go through an experience that is less than Christ. I have been saying, bring God a higher love. And in that moment, I had to say it and move into it. And I released it. And then later on, after I was feeling good, I started missing my sister. So I go back into the room, boo-hoo and Howard, like, oh, boo, I miss my sister. He's like, dang, I thought you got over that. <laughs> Are you still jealous? No, I miss her now. It was like in that moment, <laughs> I kind of didn't have her to call and say, look, there's a, a, a scholarship. About. I said, I wish it was a part of my human side that wishes she was here to celebrate instead of with God and having a scholarship celebrating her. I had, to re I had to acknowledge that. And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that I couldn't call her and say, guess what? So I just talked to her in spirit. I just talked to her. Good job, Sandy. 
I'm right behind you. Not that I'm dying anytime soon, <laughs> but I'm right behind you. That's moving into a higher love. When Jesus was resurrected, and he showed himself to disciples, there was one time that he, it was, it's in John chapter 21, and he, and he, the disciples, like they've scattered, they're nervous, this is, they didn't know what to do, so they went back to fishing, and they're out there fishing, and they, and they didn't get anything, so they're on their way in, Jesus is standing on the, on the, on the uh, beach, and he says, did you guys get anything? They're like, no. He's like, put your net on the right side. They're like, all right. So they do. And the, and the net gets so full that they realize this is, this is Jesus. Because that's the same thing he told them when he first met them. If you look back a little further in the gospel. Later on, after they've eaten, Jesus is talking to Peter. And he says three times, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I do, God. I, you know I love you. But he says specifically, he says, Simon Peter, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then he says again, then he, then he says, then feed my lambs. Jesus repeats the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus says. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him the question a third time, and he says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. And later on, and then he tells him, goes to, and, and tells him how he's going to die. He says, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. It says, Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he will glorify God. And then he said, follow me. Now, what he's saying is, he's telling Peter, he's giving a heads up, he's going to be crucified too, just like Jesus was crucified. Now, why is he asking Jesus three times, do you love me? He answered him the first time, you'd have thought he heard him. He was Jesus. He's all knowing. He, he had the power. I got the power. I'm just kidding. He had the power. He had it. He knew. Why did he ask him three times, do you love me? When I meditated on that, it hit me that when you move into a space of resurrection, you've moved into a higher expression of love. You've moved into a higher expression of love that is in your spirit, your soul, and your body. Jesus thought I mean, uh, Peter thought Jesus was the Messiah, and Peter represents faith. And we said that faith was the first disciple 
uh, called because faith is what you need to move into a spiritual awareness so that you can walk in the metaphysical awareness and knowledge of who you are in Christ and know that you are co-creating with Christ your life. What well, Peter man, Mr. Peter man, denied Jesus three times. He denied him with his spirit. He denied him with his soul. And he denied him with his body because he was too afraid of what was going to happen if he got lumped in with Jesus. And it also, in one of, the, one of the Gospels, let me see which one it is. I think it's Mark, Luke. Yep, it's Luke. The third time, he even cursed him. He said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And at the time, Jesus had told him before that, that he would deny three times before the rooster crow. Now he's saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Before he even finishes that denial, the rooster starts to crow. Now he is close enough for Jesus to see him while the rooster's crowing. Jesus, who has been beat, looks around at him. Bleeding, hurt, beat. And Peter had just said, I will be with you, I will follow you. And then Jesus tells him, you will deny me three times. And, and Peter says, no, I won't. But he denied him in his spirit, in his soul, and in his body. He had to be purified into a higher conscience of love. He had to affirm Jesus because he had denied Jesus three times. Now, we know the fourth unity principle discusses denials and affirmations, right? Right? You deny the power of the thought, the error thought that is controlling you in the moment where you're feeling uncomfortable and you affirm the truth. Well, the same thing is in spirit, is in scriptures. He denied Jesus three times on a human level. He had to affirm him three times on a spiritual level, to walk in a higher love. He had to release the human expression of love that was nervous that if I follow Jesus and love Jesus, I'm, my body's going to be hurt and I'm going to be crucified too. He had to move out of the fear of his body and move into a higher expression of love. Let me hear you say, bring me a higher love. Bring me a higher love. Say it again. Bring me a higher love. Say it one more time. Oh, no, just kidding. You know I had to put that in there. So when we move into a Christ consciousness and we've resurrected into this higher expression of Christ, that means we move into a higher expression of love. No matter what's going on, we will affirm and see and hear in our spirit through love. That's why Jesus said in those two greatest commandments, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. And here when Jesus is saying, do you love me? Jesus is saying, do you love the example of Christ that I am giving you? Do you love it enough to take it and follow me? See, at the time that he denied Jesus, he had followed Jesus from afar. He wasn't right up there with him. He didn't know that after death there was a resurrection. He thought Jesus was the Messiah. At this point, he knew Jesus was the Messiah. At this point, you guys know you are the Christ. You have been resurrected as well. This is your Resurrection Sunday also. You have moved into a higher love.
You have moved into a higher love. I heard this uh, story about what's going on in Sri Lanka. You guys heard of that? And then a little while ago, the Muslims in the mosque, they got shot. And then we've heard all of this stuff going on. And one of the things that hit me as I was reading, as I was hearing about that, Howard came in and was talking about that. At the same time, I was reading about this spiritual healing technique called Ho'om, wait, Ho'om, Amponopono, Ho'omponopono is what it's called. And what it means is that we take responsibility for the clearing of anything that comes into our life. We take responsibility of it. Whatever you hear on TV, whatever you find out about and things that are happening that you don't like, whatever's going on in your life, whatever somebody says that hurts your feelings, whatever's going on with another person and, and we get the nerve to get upset about. Howard was telling me about that at the same time I was reading this. And this, this, this guy named Dr. Lin started this back in Hawaii. It's, a, it's, it's an old traditional healing. And what he did was he was a psychologist at this um, psychiatric ward. And they had the worst patients there. As a matter of fact, most of the people who worked there would take off and, and call off sick. And when they would walk down the halls, they would walk sideways so that they wouldn't get beaten up because the patients were so bad. Most of them were shackled. A lot of them were shackled. And so he became their psychologist. And he didn't even go to visit them. What he would do is he would take their files and he would read their files and he would heal an aspect of them that they represented. And he'd send love. So I'm reading this article about him and the guy, the, um, the reporter asked him, well, what did you do? He said, he said, I'm sorry, I love you. Now the steps in this technique are to say, uh, I'm sorry, I apologize, forgive me. No, I'm sorry, forgive me, thank you, I love you. And you can do any part of this. Now, Dr. Lynn was saying, I'm sorry, I love you. I'm sorry, I love you. I'm sorry, I love you. To every patient, and they got healed. Those who were shackled did never, didn't need shackles anymore. Those who were on medical restraints, which medication, call them medical restraints, they were taken off the medicine. It ended up that that psychiatric ward was closed because of the healing that he did. We are one with everyone. What we put out there, everyone feels. When you walk in a higher love, you extend love to every aspect of you, no matter what you see out there. With these killings, these massacres, the, all of this, uh, people behaving, you know, hurting people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. Whatever it represents in you, whatever you see in them, you heal it in you, it'll heal in them. That's what Jesus did. He saw himself whole, perfect, and complete, and the other person was too. And he said, "From your help, you, because of your faith, they're healed. He saw it in them. 
I invite us all to do that, no matter what's going on in your life in the moment. What, no matter what's, and then the, the reporter said he tried it, as a matter of fact. He said he got, a, he got an email from somebody that kind of rubbed him the wrong way, and he was ready to spew back something, you know, with some choice words in there. But he said, you know what, let me try this technique. Ho'oponomono. Yeah. And he sat there and he said, I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. And he just did the technique. And he did it over and over again until he felt complete. You do it until you feel complete. And the next thing you know, he got an email back. It works. It works. Use the power, the healing power of your heart. Does that make sense? I also heard this other story of this monastery that was doing really well. They had a lot of monks there. And the vibration of the land was so beautiful. It was on this huge land with all these trees and flowers, and it was so beautiful. And the vibration of the monastery was so powerful that it made the scenery even more beautiful. Families were coming and having picnics there. People were coming in as tourists and visiting. And they were enjoying themselves, and it was thriving. And then all of a sudden, it started declining. Monks started leaving. And, and, and it just started, it started, they started struggling. And they were wondering what was going on. And they saw this rabbi a couple times walk past to go into the woods to pray. And he prayed in this little hut. So one time, they, the, um, the four monks that were left asked the abbot, the person in charge, to go talk to the rabbi and ask him, can you give us some advice on how we can grow this monastery? And the rabbi said, when he went, he talked to me, told him about everything. And the rabbi said, I don't know. My, my synagogue's having issues too. But he said, but I will tell you this one thing to take with you. Know that Christ, that the Messiah is always with you. So when the abbot went back to the monastery, he was talking to the other uh, monks, and they all gathered together, and he said, did you have any news? They, they were like, did you have any news? He's like, no, he didn't. But he said something that made me really think. He said, the Messiah is always with you. And they were like, hmm. So they all went back to their chores. But while they were doing their chores, they kept pondering that. The Messiah is always with you. I wonder who the Messiah is then, if the Messiah is always with you. Maybe it's Joseph. No, it can't be Joseph because he's always messing up on things. Maybe it's Paul. No, it's not Paul because even though he's there, he's always late. Maybe it's the abbot. No, maybe it's not the abbot. He gets, he gets grumpy sometimes. He doesn't always show love. So they're sitting there asking, who is this Messiah? Then he thought, maybe it's me. What if the Messiah is me? At the same time, they came to that consciousness of what if the Messiah is me? So then when they started to commune together, they treated each other with respect, appreciation, and love, thanking each other for things they did, complimenting each other, showing compassion, empathy. And then all of a sudden, one day, a family came back on the land and started picnicking. And then the next week, this guy comes up by and says, uh, can I train here to be a monk? And then all of a sudden, they started thriving again. Energy follows consciousness. When they move back into a space of love, a higher expression of love now, 
they started thriving again. I charge us all to pay attention to our life. When you're thriving, of course you're going to be excited. Stay in that space of love, complimenting, praising yourself first and then others. There's a reason why Jesus said, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then your neighbor as yourself. Because once you've loved God with all your heart, mind, and soul, you realize you are God. And when you realize you are God, you start to thank God. You thank the Christ within yourself for being the things that you would like. You start to ask God for things, actually affirm things in your life, and then you do your part. And then God does God's part. You co-create. The first unity principle says God co-creates with us. There's only one power and one presence active in our lives and in the universe, and that is God, the good, omnipotent. That's co-creating with us, and you are one with it, and you can create it. I am divine love. Together, I am divine love. I'm bringing a higher love. Together, I'm bringing a higher love. Now, say it with some attitude. I'm bringing a higher love. Together, I'm bringing a higher love. That's our, oh, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, this Resurrection Sunday, we're going to walk, we're going to live in a higher love. Everything you see, you will see it with the eyes of love. You will speak with the feeling of love. You will use this feeling in your heart center to heal those areas in your mind that are being reflected in your life. Even if you see something that you don't like, that's still a part of your life. You will heal it within yourself. Bring a higher love towards yourself. Any judgment you have towards somebody else is a reflection of you. Bring a higher love towards it. There's this little boy, and then I'm going to let you go. There's this little boy. His name is Caden uh, Kinkle. And um, I call him the I got it boy. When he was born... He was born with this disease that he, actually his, when he was in the womb, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his legs so his legs didn't develop correctly. So he had to have one leg amputated and a foot amputated. And when he was two years old, he had, they gave, put a little prosthetic leg on him and gave him a little walker to walk. But this was the first time he ever walked. And so he's sitting on his little walker, and, and it's on YouTube. You can pull it up. It's so cute. He has his little walker, and he's walking, and he's bringing his leg. He's like walking, and he's counting. One, two. And then he stumbles a little bit, and his mom goes, you got it? He says, I got it. I got it. I got it. And next thing you know, he's walking by himself. I got it. I got it. All the way, he's walking. What was the difference between him and us? He was walking in his light. He knew nothing about failure. He knew only love and optimism, and I got it. Let's move back to that spirit that we were when we were that age. And let's live it from the wisdom of who we are now. And let's love and let's share that with the world. Let's live in that higher expression and our spiritual walker, letting God be that light within us. And walk in that higher light. Are you with me? Yes. I am a higher love. Together? I am a higher 
I'm bringing a higher love together. I'm bringing a higher love. Oh, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Amen. Bless the Lord of my soul, oh, my soul. I worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh, my soul. I worship your holy It's a new day dawning It's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes
Lord, I worship your holy name. 